All right, guys, welcome back. We're still in uh, Portugal, Portimao. We're still crying, trying to cross um, the Atlantic. For those who are watching this on YouTube, I'm not on a boat. I'm not in Portugal, Portimao right now. I'm not gonna tell you where I am, but it's a beautiful green background and I have some time to um, record this podcast and this video. And for those of you listening to the podcast, it doesn't matter how, where it looks, where I am currently, but the audio quality might matter. And this is a much more quiet place than a boat. So we're in Portimao trying to get the boat ready to um, cross a little piece of the Atlantic, these 550 sea miles or 1000 kilometers for the less nautically inclined amongst you. And um, today we've gotten a new crew member, Nico guy from Germany, doesn't know how to sail, has been on sailboats before but didn't sail them and um, he brought a really nice atmosphere to the boat. So he's on a holiday and um, didn't take everything so serious. I was a bit stressed out and, and trying to keep everything immaculate and to the likings of our captain. So I mean, as explained in the last episode, our captain is a little bit um, how do you put this in English? I think the English word is anal or very particular how he wants things done and to keep everything super clean, super, super well. And I tried to make a good impression as a crew and do everything perfectly. And then Nico came in with a much more relaxed attitude, more like, ah, it's going to be fine. He's on holiday and it really lightened things up. So half an hour after he arrived, we um, actually enlisted him to help us go shopping. We needed to go shopping for these... Uh, potentially eight days of crossing plus a little bit of extra. You always need a little bit of extra food, right? So we dragged him along to the next supermarket, maybe a 10 minute walk or so, and um, tried to get all the foodstuffs. We had uh, a list of the food that we had on board and we had a plan of what we wanted to eat. And so we just went shopping. And I always like going shopping when I'm in a new country. I mean, it's Portugal, it's nothing super exotic, it's in the EU, it's Europe. But nevertheless, it always feels new and exciting, the, the products that they have in the supermarket, how, how the whole thing is built up, especially also like the, the fresh corners, if they have it, like if there's a meat corner or a, or a fish corner or, or a veggie corner, to see what's available there. And I think or I imagine that this gives me a little bit of insight in how the people live in this area or in this country. And yeah, can't say much to that supermarket. It was a normal supermarket. We bought some sunscreen, we bought um, some meat, we bought some lots of veggies, potatoes, I don't know, just regular shopping that you need. Just a lot more to last us for 12 days, four persons. And we also bought water, a lot of water in these huge five liter gallons as a um, emergency emergency stock so on a boat you have water tanks usually you fill them with tap water from the marina which of course varies in quality usually it's not that great uh, some boats have filters that make it more drinkable some boats don't so other boats have water maker the boat we're on this lagoon 50 has a water maker so water maker is a uh, reverse osmosis um how to say that machine so it takes seawater and by the use of lots of electricity, it converts it to fresh water. So it, it's the osmotic process. You have a semi-permeable membrane, so a, a membrane that separates the fresh and the salt water. 
and usually fresh water will go through the membrane to the salt water in the direction of the higher salt concentration but this membrane only lets very small molecules pass and water is a, is a tiny tiny molecule so water molecules can pass the salt ions which aren't large either but they, they have a, a charge they can't pass the other way so they can pass through this membrane only water can and usually fresh water will go to the salt water but because we're doing reverse osmosis in this water maker we'll add a lot of pressure on the salt water side and we'll um, push through the fresh water through this membrane and that's how we can create fresh water from seawater with lots of um, with lots of power and if you have a water maker on board that of course means you don't have to have a water tank filled of course you do fill your water tank but you can also create new water while out at sea by the use of power if you have electricity you can have unlimited water which is fantastic it prolongs your distance so much it's really convenient it's a really secure feature but then still if you don't have power and if you don't have water you need more water in bottles you need to have a safety storage so the three persons of us would carry back uh, each i think 20 liters of water which gives 60 liters of water it's not a lot lot but it's enough as a safety storage for this short crossing it's not a we're not super far away from the shore it's not super far but still it's better safe than secure in these things you never know when you get blown uh, blown offshore by the wind you'd rather have some water with you and the way back from the shop is something else because each of us has 20 kilos of water plus food and we're drenched by the time we arrive at the boat completely smashed and that's just uh, the start of the working day so the next thing we needed to do was to go up the mast because for some reason these lagoon catamarans have a very bad engineered mainsail halyard mainsail is the the large sail that is on the mast on the back of the mast for those who don't know so much about sailboat it's very heavy it's very big especially on a boat this size the mast is 27 meters the whole boat is 27 meters high so the mast is about 23 meters high so it's a huge sail it's a heavy sail and the line that pulls it up is is really thick it's maybe i don't know one or two centimeters thick because it needs to pull up a lot of weight and it needs to hold it up there while you're sailing and for some reason the engineers at lagoon have done something wrong on the very mast top so the main sail halyard always is brushing against the mast a little bit and there is a lot of wear and eventually it will rip and when it rips the sail comes down and if that happens in a in a unopportune moment that is very uncomfortable and apparently it has happened on this boat already twice so the captain is a little bit um, nervous about it and we need to go up the mast and control that and this task comes to Kira she's the lightest person among us and she's very um oh i like an english word very courageous and very keen to go up so we'll attach her to the bosun's chair that just a chair that lifts you up the mast we attach her to that with the um i think we're using the spinnaker halyard and another line so two lines that also go to the to the mast top and attach her and first shocking moment for me the captain just uses two double hitches so two two single hitches to attach the rope that should pull Kira up 23 meters that is not a safe knot for that it's really not the knot that you use for that I'm shocked he's supposed to know about sailing he should know the knots but he's just yeah that will hold so we protest and we use a proper knot to attach Kira to pull her up there and Kira goes up 
is linked with us via phone connection, a video call, and shows how the mainsail how it looks. And it looks like there is already some wear on it. So it's probably going to last to cross to the Canary Islands, but it needs to be replaced soon. In order to reduce friction, Kira is lubing it up with um, Vaseline, so that at least there is a little bit less friction. But something needs to be done. It's not super bad yet, but that needs to be serviced again, which of course annoys the captain because it's a rather new boat and this should have been engineered better. And it's annoying when you have to replace your mainsail halyard every 500 to 1000 miles. That's not the point of it. This shouldn't be the case. So Kira's up the mast, some good pictures from below, 23 meters, 23 meters up and some very good pictures from above. She has a view of all the harbor of all the boats, the bird's eye view of the boat underneath. Looks a little bit like a drone shot, really cool. And we're excited that we already get to work on a boat like a real crew even before we have left. And that's it for the second day, I think. We had some more safety instructions, cooked some dinners um, and planned. Oh yeah, we did the weather routing. We had a good look at the weather. We're expecting 25 to 30 knots from the north, northeast, and three to four meters swell from the north, which is the perfect wind direction because we need to go south, southwest. But yeah, it's only, it's only gonna last for about four days, I think, and then it's gonna, gonna dissipate. And there is also a, um, a no wind zone that is going to build in front of Portugal. So we need to leave soon. We need to take this weather window so that this 25 to 30 knots of wind can blow us across to the Canary Islands and not get stuck in this uh, dead zone that is building in front of Portugal. So we're planning to leave soon. We might leave in the, in the evening to go and anchor outside to get a bit used to the swell or we'll just leave in the next morning. That is not yet decided. And with that, I'll leave you guys and I'll see you back tomorrow morning. Right, nearly forgot one thing. The day wasn't over with going to the mast and doing the weather planning. We needed to cook. We bought all these foodstuffs and we stored them and we were thinking, okay, easy peasy, this is it. We can also cook on the way. We do know now after the fact, there's already a fact, after the fact that um, it's not so easy to cook in three to four meters swell and 25 knots of wind even on a big catamaran. But we didn't know it at that point and the captain just was insistent on that we would cook as much as we can before we leave while we're still in the harbor. So that's what we did. Kira and me and Nico helped as well. We um, cooked one lasagna, two lasagna, three lasagna to be able to just put them in a the microwave whenever we needed it. We cooked a huge pot of potato soup with uh, leek, really tasty. We cooked a mountain of uh, meatballs that would just be used for snacking. We cooked a, another mountain of boiled eggs. Uh, we cut some cheese and prepared some sandwiches. And I think it was about 11 o'clock when the security of the harbor passed by and complimented us on the nice smell that was coming from our boat since such a long time. I didn't want to try any, but I think he enjoyed the smell. And with that, you already also know that we decided not to go out and anchor because the swell outside was too big. There would have been no point in shaking the crew through too much. So we stayed the night in the harbor 
and we'll just leave tomorrow morning early six o'clock to cross in the Atlantic fully prepared with lots of pre-cooked food with lots of stored safety water with a looped up main sheet halyard and a very motivated crew and I think that's it now and I'll see you again on the Atlantic I hope ciao rub out <laughs>